When children from two families in Israel presented with unusual symptoms, including reduced growth of the brain and seizures, scientists were quick to recognize signs of a new disorder. But how do you look for the cause of a brand new medical problem? A new paper this week in the journal Neuron has used genetic sequencing to tackle the case. In doing so, uncovering surprising roles for unsurprising proteins. I spoke to group leader Professor David Goldstein at Duke University School of Medicine in North Carolina about the work. The starting point actually was in Israel, and a clinician there recognized that patients from two different families had a very unusual uh, presentation that did not look like any uh, already known syndrome, but that looked similar to one another. And so she thought that it may represent a new syndrome. We had the idea that we might be able to find the genetic basis of this new syndrome by using next generation sequencing to find mutations in the patients in the same gene. You looked at gene variations between the children of the different families. Exactly. Did you have a particular area of the genome that you were looking at? No, this is actually precisely why we're really able to track down these kinds of mutations really systematically nowadays. We're able to look through the entire genome. Uh, in this case, what we did is use so-called whole exome sequencing, which means that almost every bit of the human genome that actually encodes for protein is interrogated. And we look for mutations anywhere in all of that sequence. The cause turned out to be a failure to produce asparagine, a so-called non-essential amino acid that had never been shown to be involved in building the brain. Its role, of course, was known biochemically, and some cellular effects of mutations in the gene had been characterized, in particular demonstration that it uh, is involved in uh, the regulation of cellular divisions, but otherwise, no, uh, nothing, nothing connecting it to human disease. So you next found two families in Canada with similarly affected children and that they too had mutations in asparagine synthetase. Was that a surprise? Anything that can happen in the human genome not only does happen somewhere in the world, but it happens repeatedly. This is really the rule and the expectation. Asparagine is a non-essential amino acid. This means that we don't need to get it from our diet because we have enzymes in our body that can make it for us. I put to Professor Goldstein that these findings suggest that asparagine might not be so non-essential after all. I think this whole question of what amino acids are essential and in what context is, uh, is a little bit of a graded thing. But clearly you need to be able to get through this particular biochemical process in some parts of the body. But we don't really know exactly why the absence of this enzyme in the central nervous system is, is harmful. We've got a bunch of directions to try to work that out, but the, the two sort of possibilities are we may be getting buildup because this pathway is not working normally of something that's toxic, or we may be missing something that you need, like asparagine. Right now, it is frankly all speculation. What we need to do is work out which of those explanations is the right one, and then that actually will, in fact, tell us how this condition could possibly be treated. And that's what I think is kind of most encouraging about this kind of genetics is that, you know, you have a really terrible presentation, you do the genetics, which tells you in an underlying biochemical sense what's wrong, and then at least puts you on a path to figuring out how you can go about doing something about it. 
And it is not impossible, and I have no idea whether it will ultimately prove possible, but it's not impossible that the therapy would be as simple as dietary supplementation. Though this is a a rare disorder, do you think we'll find more instances of non-essential amino acid synthesis being involved in disorders, particularly neurological disorders? One of the things that's happening is that there are certain diseases that were very hard to track down. But now that we can look at the genome as a whole, we're really working out the full range of consequences of mutation, really in each and every one of the genes that we carry. And we're doing that right now in the community as a whole. And so, yes, I would expect that there'll be more examples like this. And I think it's even possible that this very gene will cause more conditions than just the one we've seen so far, because I think we're looking at complete knockdown or nearly complete uh, elimination of this enzyme in these families. And I could imagine that there are also mutations in the population that reduce it but don't completely remove activity and and that they may have slightly different presentations.